Hey everyone, this is Pastor Stephen. I wanted to thank you for checking out our podcast, and we hope that this message encourages you and helps you in your pursuit to live for Christ with everything you have. We hope you enjoy the message. And it's great to see each and every one of you this morning. I think that's all the announcements this morning. There we go. If you've been part of this uh, congregation and listening or watching online for the last month, you know that my heart has been on the topic of worship. God can't get it out of my, my inner beams because he keeps feeding me things and, 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 and talking to me as I read it, my word and, and, and he, he keeps highlighting it in my prayer times and, and, and it's something that's bursting forth within me because it's a topic that gets overlooked in the churches. Because worship in a lot of ways, in the newer churches that are popping up, has been categorized as song. I know a lot of churches, that when they start getting their church plant going, they always tell me that the first thing that they have to get established is a worship team that'll draw people in because if they can get them singing, then, then, then that's their bread and butter and that's when they're going to get them together. And I'm like, okay, that's a good formulating plan of how to get people in. But what next? And so as I've been doing my research, as I've been studying, as I've gone through so much of the, the word, trying to really grasp the concept of worship, it's simple, but it's complex. In fact, the word worship means to, to realize that your worth is not there, so you have to give your worth to something else. And so as Christians, as believers in one God that Jesus died on the cross, all of our worship, all of our worth starts at the fact that the cross and ends through eternity. That's something that's complex and hard for the world to grasp. It's hard for even people that have been part of the church for their whole life to fully grasp sometimes. Because what I've learned and I've witnessed and I've experienced in my own 40 years of life is that as I get older, I see the complexity that people put upon themselves. But in the truest form of worship, there's one thing that we just don't grasp 100%. The first week we talked about who we worship. Who do we worship? We worship God, the one true God, who's three parts, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but they're all one. And we know that he created the heavens and the earth, and we worship him because of what he does and who he is. And then if you were here the second week, you know that we talked about how we worship together in the churches because he wants us to be united to be one body in Christ. To quit looking to the left or the right thinking, okay, who's not doing their part, but looking at together to try to lift each other up and to help each other. That's what worship does. And then last week, I even told Brother Kenny, last week I hated that message. 
hated giving that message. Why? Because I've seen so many people turn and walk away from the church when we talk about what we worship with. What we worship with, with, with our financial givings. Because God says, I gave you this, why don't you give out of it back to me? Because I gave you these talents, why don't you use them to honor me and exalt me? Because I've given you the time that you have on this world, because I've given you the breath in your lungs. Why don't you use it so the rocks don't have to cry out? People don't like that message. And it's a challenging message because it's something that you have to examine in yourself and say, God, what is it that I'm holding back? And it's a struggle for believers all over the world because they're not asking another question. It's the word that God has been speaking to my soul for the last weeks. It's a word that has such a, 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 a glimmeringness that shines us to say, okay, why didn't I think of this? But yet, a word that we see it and we're like, oh, this is just not what I want. You see, the word that God has been speaking to me is a question that many people will never ask in the church or at least ask in any relevant sense to help them grow in their faith. The word he's been speaking to me is, what do you expect? To be honest, the last few days has been a blur for me. I have five daughters. If you haven't met me, that's why I have no hair. They stole it all. Okay, yeah, Brother Mike, I do have a wife too, so that kind of does go in there. So, so, but I go through moments of my life where I often try to understand what the agenda is for my life. Sister Amy knows it that I tell people, I said, I, I might set plans up, but if it doesn't end up in my calendar, it never existed because I have to plan things out and accordingly. Otherwise, my mind, my mind is all the way over different directions. Probably ADHD squirrel, who knows what it's gonna hit me. And, and I can't find the focus. But I find myself looking at each and every situation that I get into and asking, what am I expecting of the outcome? Every morning, what do you expect when you get up? I wake up every morning surprised. I still have breath in my lungs. Do you? I wake up every morning going, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to deal with my kids. So every morning I make sure that I have a K-cup in my K-curing machine ready to go so I can get that caffeine in me before I start talking. Because my kids know that if I haven't had a cup or a sip of coffee, don't interact. Because you don't understand that I might not be held liable for the words that might come out of my mouth because of the exhaustion that I'm in. But every morning... My agenda is an expectation that I'm going to get up. My kids are going to get dressed. They're going to go to school. I'm going to get a little bit of work done, and then I'm going to have to go pick them up from school. And then I'm going to drop them off, and then I'm going to get some more work done. 
And at some point in time, I'm going to go home and go to bed and talk to my wife and try to sleep and then do the next thing again. Is that what you expect for your life too? Every day you wake up going, okay, I got my to-do list. I got to expect this. I got to expect that. I got to get this. Okay. It's like my kids. My kids are my favorite things. When I ask them, what do you expect in life? And they look at me and go, Christmas. Nora, she, she's the little honorary one. She, I said, what do you expect? I just want waffles every morning. I said, okay, that's a good expectation, but I don't have waffles this morning. But I expected them. You see, what I'm saying is the expectation that we have in our lives is what often brings home the heart that we have. I expect to have my kids every morning because I love them. I expect to see my wife in the morning with every prayer and gleamer because she is my better half. She is my ride and die. She is my everything. But every morning I also expect that I can wake up and know that there's a voice that's going to speak to me and he's going to commune with me in my life as I read his word. As I connect with him daily. As I, as I drive my life with every facet and every beam that I have towards the pursuit to seek this thing called holiness that he's called me to be. Do I mean that there's not hiccups? No. There is always hiccups. Life happens. I'll be honest. Yesterday I wrote down because I was so exhausted. I'm done with today. We'll see what tomorrow has in my journal. Because I expect something greater to happen the next day. I bring this point up is because when we come in here on Sunday mornings, what are we expecting to occur? Most people expect, okay, they're going to do three songs and then, the, the, then Brother Kenny's going to get up and do his, his stuff and then they're going to do one more song and then the pastor's going to get up and say a lot of stuff and then when 12 o'clock hits, we out of here. We know Brother Jackson went to Bob Evans, so we, we, we know that. that that's, that's ironed out, solid. But that's what people expect. But the Lord has been speaking to me, and he's telling me that we need to expect something greater in our lives. Amen. The psalmist, the wonderfulness of who David is in Psalms 22, he writes down that the Lord is, 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 is dwelling in the praise of his people. And as, as I was doing the research in Psalms 22.3, it says that the praise of his people, that's where God's dwelling place is. And it was talking about the Israelites, the people that God had chosen according to his own, and he says, I'm going to bless them, and I'm going to be among them. And I think that the Christian world, the Christian life, the Christian individuals are losing that connectivity with the expectation that the heavenly creator will be with you. What? You mean every morning I get to wake up and I know that Jesus is going to be with me? Yeah. Every day I get up, I know that his Holy Spirit is within me because he says that I am his holy temple because he's come within me. But I have to do it in a fashion, in a form, so that I'm not walking in the hypocrisy of this world where I'm putting unduly idols in this temple. You see, what I'm really getting at is 
The way to worship is with the expectation that he will be with you. We come in here on Sundays and we know the order of service is dreamy. We talk about that through the week. I don't look at your songs until probably Friday. I'll be honest with you. The message is already wrote. It's ready to go because I love to see the, how God connects and intertwines the worship with the message and interlays them together. Man, last week I couldn't plan it any better because I didn't. That God was going to use his Holy Spirit to speak through Brother Kenny and the worship was going to be tied together and come into accord and connect with the fact that worship is about what we give and every aspect. But that's where I've learned what I need to expect when I go into worship. Is that he's going to be there. He's going to be there. I don't know how churches thrive when they don't realize that the creator is the Holy Spirit. And he's moving in and through each and every one of us. And we should expect something to occur. I don't go in my prayer time, which is a form of worship, and say, God, stay in your corner and let me do what I want to do. I can't. That's not worship. What I have learned is my prayer time is what I've seen and experienced through everybody else's that I've ever read about in their prayer time is that they're asking God, I'm a mess. Come into my life and fix something that's going wrong. Help me to get better. God, I want you to come into my mess. I mean, David, how many times in the Psalms does he write, Oh, what a wretched man am I. God, my enemies all around me. I can't get through this. And he keeps going, God, I am such unworthy, but God, you make me worthy. Hear my pleas. Come and intervene in my situations. Why is it that when we come into churches, these church services every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time that we come through the door, we come in with the wrong expectation? Let that sit for a second. We come in with a wrong kind of expectation of what we want. This morning... I'm just going to be real with you guys because I tell you, we're a hot glue church. We're humble, open, and transparent. We're basically real. We're growing, we're loving, we're uniting and equipping each other. And when we get the Holy Spirit in it, it gets really sticky and it gets on everybody. Because he's our ultimate heat source. But what I've realized is that when I wake up, there are some mornings that I know that I'm going to have to go, okay, my expectations as a pastor... I hope more than two people are in the church. I'm just going to say it's because of COVID. I've been in church services where I had to preach to a camera with nobody in the audience, and it's not the pleasant thing. So every morning, I'm like, Sunday morning, I'm like, Lord, just let there be two people in church. And then when Sister Amy and Jim and, and their two boys get here, I'm like, oh, we got four. We're good. And then I expect, okay, I hope that something's going to go right. Because if you don't know anything about technology and this thing back there, something goes wrong every single service and we're troubleshooting it like this morning. Half of our audio during the first section of the worship wasn't going through the live stream. 
So Yetta looks at me and goes, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, let's fix it. And we're like, ah, oh, I expect that to happen. I expect that there would be songs. I expect that there's going to be kids' church. I expect that something's going to have to go disarray, that I'm going to have to fix something. I expect I'm going to be back on the soundboard running audio and sometimes on the computer. I expect all these things. And if I let that to become my focus, I miss the point of what I'm here to do. I'm not here for me. I've told you, if you want to fire me, fire me. I don't care. I don't do this for me. I do this for him. I communicate a word to you because it's what he's telling me to do. And the one word he keeps speaking to me to tell you each and every day that I've woke up this whole week is come expecting. Get your worship in the proper context, expecting something miraculous to happen, something crazy to happen, something so focused that God is going to do something so wild and so awesome. But we're missing the mark. (coughs) Sorry. But we're missing the mark because our focus has become so driven on our own ideas, on our own focuses. That's why I can't speak about expectation if I don't talk about what's required. I come in here with the expectation that God is going to do some miraculous things and he's going to use you guys to do it. Because I can't do it on my own. I come with the expectation that God is going to awaken up something in your soul and stir something up on a Sunday service. Or, or, or if you're watching this at a, another time on the live stream, he's going to stir up something within you and say, what is it that I'm doing? And start making you ask these questions. What kind of questions are you talking about, Pastor Stephen? I'm talking about questions that say, what is it that I'm here for, God? God, what is it that you're driving me to go towards? God, what is it that you want me to connect to? What is it that you want me to do? What is it what you want me to give? What is it that you want me to go deeper with? It's in those connections that we see that the true way to worship comes in and changes the life of each and every one of us. You see... The mark that we often miss is the one that we refuse to pursue. The one that we can't connect to. Because we're afraid. We're afraid. We have this pandemic that's heading our nation, especially in our young people. It's a pandemic of, of anxiety and depression. I see it. If you don't know, I don't tell many people, but I was asked to teach two classes at a local school on Monday and Tuesdays. I'm in the classroom. I'm dealing with the teenagers. 
And the things that I see these kids that I'm encountering with, thank you. The things that I'm encountering is nothing new. You see, the church was supposed to be a place where the Holy Spirit moves. And we know that the thing that the Holy Spirit is moving is evident through the fruits of the Spirit. Through the love, through the joy, through the peace, through the patience, the gentleness, the meekness, the goodness, the kindness, and the self-control. And all those things, we see how it's moving. But somebody once said that the devil's always working. He's always working to try to get us distracted. Because if we're not worshiping God in the proper way, in the proper context, we're not really doing it right. And then we get discouraged and we get distracted because he starts belittling us and doing all these different things. And it's creeped into the world more and more because the church isn't really acting like it's supposed to be acting because we don't come with the expectation that God is going to do something crazy and something awesome and something miraculous. I mean, we almost become what we call pharisaical in our worship where we go through and through the religious moments because we, we expect that, that, that we're going to get in there and we're going to get positions, we're going to get in there and we're going to do our seats and we're going to sing the songs and, and if they're not our songs, we're going to do this other spot and we're going to miss the mark of what God is trying to waken up within our hearts because we're not connecting with the truth and the deep part on the aspect of what we're supposed to do. Psalms 93 says the Lord reigns. He is clothed in mag- with majesty. His, the Lord is clothed and he has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that he, it cannot be moved and the throne is established from of old and are forever lasting. You have to understand that as a church body in a church place we have to really reconcile with where God is established. We know that according to the glimmers and the, 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 the prophetical word, words that we have seen and experienced, that he's on his throne and he's never moving in that aspect and the angels all around him and they're singing what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy. See, we have to get to realize that if the angels in the heavens are at the throne and they're lifting them up saying, holy, 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 and God is there and he's dwelling where he's supposed to be, why are we not crying out, holy, holy, holy God, are you? Why are we not connecting and understanding that he wants to dwell within us because that's what he does? Wherever his praise is, he's right there listening to it because the word says it's a holy, pleasing aroma to him. That's why I love how Isaiah wrote it when he got called into the ministry. He said, and I was taken up high and there I saw the incense burning and it was a holy, pleasing aroma to God. And all the angels all around him were worshiping God. You see, what we have to realize is when we come into a place like this, when we come into a place united as one body of believers, we have to realize that what we're giving is not what we want. What? 
Pastor, you mean we're not giving what we want? No. If you give what you want, it's not worthy. If we give what we want, it's not worthy. Man, that's a hard word for people. We're called to give the thing that he's worthy of. We should come into a place in a one body and one mind and one accord expecting to give ourselves away. What? I got to give myself away? Yeah. Because what you are right now is not where he's calling you to be tomorrow. But pastor, that's hard. Yes, it's hard. Do you think it was easy for me to give up the lifestyle I had to come and go, God? I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be a messenger of your word and do all these things. No, I would have rather had the paycheck I had before. I would rather have had to deal with less people and the conundrums that come through it like I had before. But what he's done is I've said, okay, God, I don't expect anything else but this. You're going to call me. You're going to make a way where there seemeth no way. Can I tell you, when we can get on a track where we realize that our worship has to be expecting that God will do the miraculous, he'll make ways where there was no ways. Somebody once said on social media the other day, says, you know what? God didn't remove the Red Sea. He parted it. God didn't get them out of Egypt by just going, whoop. He let them watch the ten plagues occur. God didn't move you out of your situation, but he's directing your path to get you in a line to where you understand the proper context of where you need to be is right focused on him. That's what we have to get back to. Because that's when we realize what Psalm 22 and verse 3 says. That the Lord dwells in the worship and praise of Israel, his people. Dwells. See, I kind of misled you a little bit, I'll be honest. Because what I want you to realize is his dwelling place is always in heaven. His Holy Spirit is moving and active in each and every one of our lives. But it's the praise that lifts us up into the heavenly realms. We have been praying for so long, for so, so depth, that God, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But what we have to realize is it's never going to happen if we don't expect it. We're never going to love our neighbor as ourselves if we don't expect to. We're never going to love the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and everything that we have if we don't expect it. But we have to have this thing called an expected heart that transforms our life from what we think it should be to what he's called it to be. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just know this is what God's saying because my whole sermon's been missing this whole service. I had it wrote down. I got last week's sermon on here. This is what called what Holy Spirit is trying to get us to realize and really connect with. That if he's calling us, we should expect him. If you'll stand with me this morning. God, I don't know what you want us to do this morning. 
But God, I'm just letting you have your way, Lord. Use you use me and make me get out of the way and let your words that come through my mouth be the meditations that you want us to hear, Lord, so that we can live and breathe and die on your word, Lord, as we try to expose it for what it is. God, Lord, right now, hold up a shut of the hoof, I'm a high at the low of Shadana night. Bola Hashan, a toss, Satanabados, Satanalai. No, no, Hashan, Nana, Tololo, Bahaya, you know, Shanai. God, have your way. I am the Lord God. I am the one who called you. I am the one that's establishing this place right here, right now, to be a place of expectancy. When you're weary, come. When you think you have nothing left to give, come. For I will be with you. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, let us wake up every single day, God, with the expectation, Lord, that you're going to do some miraculous things in our lives. Let our worship become so expectant, Lord, that you'll invade our lives, Lord, like only you can. Lord, let your way be what we need it to be, God. Because, God, we're done with what we had yesterday. But the only way to get to the martyr, God, is to come with the expectancy of something greater. God, I ask you to touch each and every one of us, Lord, in this place. Let us come with that expectant heart, Lord. The one where we can know that, like what Psalms 22 says, God, that we can know that you'll dwell in our praise. That you'll dwell with us. And you'll make us that holy temple that you've called us to be. Be with us, God. Guide us, Lord, in this place. Lord, I praise you for what you're doing, Lord, for your worthy.